Do you want to talk about books? Yeah. Hello, and welcome to A Well-Read Life. This is a place to share stories about good books and the reading life. I'm your host, Beth Jamison. Join me as I meander through my reading journey and discover the books that make up a well-read life. Welcome back. Today, I am continuing my series on reading like Kathleen Kelly. So if you listened to the last episode, you know that I am taking some of the books from You've Got Mail and featuring them, highlighting them on the podcast. Today, I am going to be featuring the Betsy Tacey series by Maud Hart Lovelace. If you remember, if you're a fan of the movie like I am, Kathleen Kelly, Meg Ryan's character, recommends this book series. Now, in the movie, the little girl that she recommends the books to is not familiar with the series. And I don't think that I had heard of the series either. I may have seen it on a bookshelf as a child until I saw the movie. And I did not read the books, although I had collected quite a few of them until this past month while I was preparing for the podcast. And as I mentioned in the last episode, the reason that I picked up this series was because Katie Marquette mentioned it in the episode where I interviewed her. And it inspired this whole series once I picked up those books and started reading them. Now, I wish I had read this series in childhood because the reading level is a little bit of a lower reading level. It's a great book for a beginning reader or a read aloud, but it did take me a little bit to get into the story at first because it is very much written for a younger audience. And it's not talking down at all to the reader, but I do feel like it's very much geared for a younger audience in the first couple of books. So that took a little bit of getting used to. So that's something to keep in mind if you're going to pick up this series. But I will say the more I read of the books, the more I fell in love with these characters and Monhart Lovelace's writing style and just the whole story of this little community of Deep Valley, which is the town that Betsy and her friends live in. Now, the series starts when the character of Betsy Ray is five years old, or it's right before she turns five. So as you can imagine, it is very much for a younger audience at that time. It would be a great read aloud if you have young children or if you have nieces and nephews and you want to read to them. It goes through, I'm not sure how many books are in the series. I only read the first four which I'll, I'll tell the titles in just a minute, but it goes up until Betsy gets married. So it follows her. And I, I think it, the characters evolve and the writing becomes more, a little bit more complex as the series goes on. I will say that it is, if you're kind of on the fence after, <laughs> after my rambling introduction, if you're kind of on the fence about reading this, I say no qualms, read this this is a great book to read with young children, especially to read for little girls, great mother-daughter read-alouds. I'm planning to read this with my little girl once she gets a little bit older because it just has a wonderful example of what good friendship is. Over and over again, Maud Hart Lovelace reiterates how 
these sweet friends, and there's three of them, Betsy, Tacey, and later a friend named Tib, who never quarrel. And I think that's very sweet. They have their differences. They they might get a little annoyed with each other, but they don't have any fights. And it's there's no pettiness between them. Now, they, they have arguments and fights with their older sisters, but it's a, just a very sweet and wholesome friendship. So it's a good example for young girls to have, to aspire to good friendships and the qualities to look for in a friend. And it's also a fantastic source for history. So this the series takes place in, I think, the turn of the century. So it may be late 1800s, early 1900s, because I believe it goes into World War One as the series progresses. But Maud Hart Lovelace based these books on her own childhood. It's a bit of a semi-autobiographical stories that she wrote about growing up. And she, of course, changed the names of the people, but they were inspired by her real friends, her real siblings, her her family. And I think some of the things that they probably scrapes they got into as children, adventures and so on. And it's also based off of the town that she grew up in. And she wrote this series for her daughter. She was a writer before. There's a lot of overlap between her and Betsy. She loved to write poems as a child and little stories. And her parents were very, very proud of her and encouraged her gifts. And so she wrote as she got older. And I believe she just wrote books for women. And then when she had a daughter, she started telling her daughter stories about her childhood. And she finally started writing these stories down into what became the Betsy Tacey series. So the first four books that I read, and I, like I said, I have not read all of them. I don't know the titles for all. I have a compilation of the treasury of the first four. And then I believe there are three more compilations and treasuries. And there may be about two to three books a piece. I am missing the second compilation, but I have the third and the fourth. So once I get that second one, I will have completed all of the Betsy Tacey books and I'll start reading the series in full. But the first four books that I read are Betsy Tacey, Betsy Tacey and Tib, Betsy and Tacey Go Over the Big Hill, and Betsy and Tacey Go Downtown. Now, these books were written, I believe, in the 1940s, but like I said, they take place in the turn of the century. So you get a lot of wonderful tidbits of history and everyday life during that time. So it's great if you want to give your children a little taste of history, but make it in a very accessible way, in a very fun way. It'd be a great way to introduce this time period to them. And also, if you're just curious... But the characters are, are delightful, and you just fall in love with them. And so some of the characters, and if you've watched the You've Got Meal movie, you know there's Betsy and there's Tacy, and they are very dear friends, and they make up the first book. It's introduced at the very end as Tib, whose real name is Thelma, if you remember the movie, and Tacy's real name is Anastasia. And I believe Betsy's is Elizabeth. But these are just three little girls, and we start at the age of about five until 12. So each book takes place, and it might be about a year in their life. So the first book is about from four, almost five, to five, almost six. And it is so cute how Maud Hart Lovelace introduces 
these two friends to each other, Betsy and Tacy. At first, there's this huge misunderstanding, and it doesn't look like they're going to become friends. They actually don't like each other at first. Betsy has lived in this house all of her life in the same neighborhood, and a new family moves in across the street, and it's a large family. And her mom says that she hopes that there's a little girl Betsy's age and that they could be friends. And lo and behold, there is a new little girl that is just Betsy's age. But what Betsy doesn't understand is that Tacy is incredibly shy. And that precipitates this misunderstanding at the beginning between them. And so they are not friends at all in the beginning. And uh, their differences are are worked out in the in the midst of a birthday party given for Betsy, and then they become the best of friends. The first book is just a sweet retelling of just simple childhood stories and adventures. It might be things like the little girls playing paper dolls or their first day of school, but it really works in imagination and how important an imagination is in childhood. So she does a beautiful job of showing the imaginative world of these girls and also just everyday life. And those are two woven together. And you get the most of that imagination of where they really believe that they're in the world that they've created more so in this book than in the other books. So there just might be little brief moments where, oh, they think that they can actually drive a horse cart and they're going to ride all the way to Milwaukee or, or something. They're very, very minor things, but you can just see the imagination blossoming in this this childhood and it's just full and free and absolutely delightful. We also get a glimpse of Betsy's flair for storytelling, which is going to follow along in the rest of the books. But there's also, as, as fun as it is and in as funny in parts as it is, there is also a very deep understanding of the inner workings of a child and how these friends can understand each other and comfort each other on the deepest level of understanding, even in childhood. And it's so dear. One of the things is Tacy is so, so afraid of her first day of school. She just runs off. She just leaves because she's so incredibly shy. And Betsy is just having a wonderful time, but she knows how her friend is feeling and goes to comfort her. And it's very sweet how that whole episode plays out. So it's very, there are those very dear moments like that. And there's also a very realistic view of a tragedy in childhood of sibling loss for one of the characters. And there is a level of comfort that Betsy is able to give Tacy over what happens that is very profound and it is a, a very simple and very childlike way in which she does it but it is this beautiful display of faith and hope that Betsy is able to offer her friend and I admire Maud Hart Lovelace including this in the book and because it's for the most part, a very lighthearted series, 
But this is a very sobering introduction to grief for a child. It isn't heavy-handed. It doesn't weigh the child down, but it is there. And I appreciate that she doesn't shy away from it or try to shield children from that. It was something that did happen at that time and was very common, unfortunately. So I admire that. It was not easy to read. It was it was very sobering, as I said. But again, I appreciate that she was able to include that to give space for that grief. But I also appreciate that she did not leave the reader without hope and without comfort or her character. She has placed a friend in Tacey's life who is able to shoulder that burden with her and comfort her and allow her to grieve. So it was very well done. And it never felt contrived or manipulative, but as I've said, a very realistic picture of grief. As the book ends, we are introduced to Tib, who is a new little girl who moves into this chocolate brown house, which (laughs) is described in the book as this beautiful house that Betsy and Tacey just think is the most beautiful home. And chocolate brown does not sound appealing to me in a house, but it does to the girls. And they have admired this house for quite a while. And they have a new little girl that moves in that is just their age. And she fits right into their little group and becomes a dear friend at the end of the first book. And in the second book, I believe the girls have turned eight. So a couple of years gap. And this book is just so funny. There's so many episodes that I was just giggling to myself about. This book is called Betsy, Tacey, and Tib. So there is a chapter where the girls are left alone and they end up making something called everything pudding, which sounded absolutely disgusting. But they just get a little bit of everything in the kitchen and cook it on the stovetop and try to make an everything pudding. And it's just a complete disaster. But it's, of course, one of those things that you want to do as a child. You just are so curious and and they are able to do it. They clean up after themselves, which I was very, very impressed by when I read it. But it is just, it was very, very humorous. And then there is also the dreaded haircutting chapter where the girls are faced with the reality of Tacey getting very, very sick. And they are all thinking, well, what if Tacey had died and she was gone? We wouldn't have had anything to remember her by. So they all decide to cut a lock of their hair to put in some little pill boxes to wear around their neck because they don't have lockets, but they end up cutting too much hair. And of course, you're just cringing as you're reading it, but it it is so humorous. Just watch out for that chapter as you read, if you read it to young children, because they may be inspired to, to do it as well. And then there's another chapter that I won't go into details on, but it was, I thought it was hilarious. And it's when the girls start up their own club and it's called a Christian Kindness Club. And I'm not going to spoil it because I want you to read it for yourself, but they end up thinking that they need to do something bad in order to turn it around and do something good. And they find out that they're having so much fun being bad and doing things that they should not do. And it's a lot of fun. So you must read that one. So that's a more, I would say, a little bit more lighthearted in that book. In the third book, it is called Betsy and Tacey Go Over the Big Hill. And the girls are quickly growing and they're now 10 
And they begin to think of themselves as we're grown up and they need to put away childish things. Of course, they are not grown up. They're still very much little girls. But it is humorous to see them begin the stage of life. And it's also very bittersweet because you've been with these characters over the span of two books and they've gone from age five to ten and you can see the maturing process and it. it's bittersweet to see, but it is also great fun. Also, the writing begins to transition to a little bit of an older audience. So it's not super complex writing, but it's beginning that transition. In this book, it I don't want to give too much away. Of course, it's very episodic as I, I don't know. I haven't mentioned this before, but as the series goes on, the chapters are just very episodic. There is a huge quarrel between Betsy, Tacey, and their sisters. And Tib, of course, is is involved in it and she's on their side. But that does get resolved and it is very sweet. But there is also a befriending of a Syrian family in the book. And where the girls live in Deep Valley, they go over a big hill and they see this smaller town, which is nicknamed Little Syria. And it is where a group of Syrian immigrants live. And the girls befriend a little girl who is their age. And it ties through the rest of the story, this relationship that they have with this little girl and her family. And the way in which Maud Hart Lovelace, especially at the time, gives dignity to this family and the respect and kindness showed by the girls and the respect and kindness showed to the girls by this family and the, the hospitality are so refreshing. And it is such a picture of Christian love. It's It was very surprising. It caught me off guard. And I very much appreciated it. I did not feel like it was preachy in any way. It was written so well. And again, Maud Hart Lovelace brings out the dignity of humans in this very truthful and straightforward and simple way. And I very much appreciated that. But besides that whole storyline, which I just cannot praise enough, we also see the different talents of the girls emerging. But we have to wait until the last book to see Betsy's blossom. And book four, Betsy and Tacey Go Downtown, was my favorite of the four that I have read so far. The girls are now 12, and they have their older siblings that are beginning to have their own little romances. But we also see Betsy as a budding writer. And it's so cute. It's very much reminiscent of Joe March in Little Women. She has her space in the tree and her notebooks that her father has given her from the shoe store he owns. And she is writing these tawdry romances, mimicking the books that their maid has lent her. And they're very much like the romances that Joe March writes in Little Women. They're just kind of throwaway, really wasting her talent. So this is what the girls love. They love these types of, of books, these romances, and they're reading them all on the sly. And they know their parents will disapprove. And so they're borrowing these books from Rena, who is their maid, a younger girl that they have hired to help with cooking and cleaning. And this is all the rage between the three girls of reading these books. Well, 
a trip to the theater to see a traveling group perform Uncle Tom's Cabin begins to change what Betsy aspires to do in her writing. Now, I will warn you, there is a mention of blackface. It does not go into a lot of detail. It doesn't belabor it. So I would just say, if you're reading it out loud to a group of children, at your discretion, either censor it or take the opportunity to discuss it a little bit more. Um, Again, going back to that whole idea from the third book of treating people with dignity, that they are made in the image of God. So that is just something to keep in mind. It it should not taint your view of the book. It doesn't belabor it. It's not a huge part of the story, but it is in there. So that is just something to be mindful of. After this performance, there's this chapter with her mom where her mom gives her Betsy's uncle's trunk as a desk because her mom realizes that Betsy needs her own space to write and she wants to give this to her daughter. There isn't the money for a desk, but she makes this trunk into a desk for Betsy. And in the midst of this, I try not to give too much away, but it is so well done. This scene is just so well done. Betsy goes and gets her writing to bring to put away in her desk. And as she does this, she is convicted of what her writing is like. And she's ashamed as she comes to her mom. But the way that her mom handles the whole episode is so life-giving. It is, she treats her daughter with dignity and with respect. And she doesn't force her will on Betsy. She waits for Betsy to have the conviction of what to do with her manuscript. So this may seem very vague, and I apologize for that, but I'm trying not to give too much away in the hopes that you will read it. But I just love and have so much respect for the character of Mrs. Ray in this whole chapter because of how well she handles this whole situation with her daughter, who's 12 years old and is writing these romance novels that are much too involved for a girl her age. And I'm sure there's not the understanding of it. But her mom knows her talent and she only wants what's best for her daughter. And like I said, that she treats her daughter with so much dignity and so much respect and leaves the final decision of what to do with the manuscript up to Betsy. And I will say that she says to Betsy that she won't read any of her work unless Betsy shows it to her, unless Betsy is ready. And so you see there's that that respect of her daughter's writing. And so because of all of this, her parents come up with a solution to send her to the library to expand her reading in order to really cultivate and improve her writing. And I don't want to give too much away, but I, I read that chapter and I just thought, oh, this is the best gift any parent could give to, to their daughter. It was something I would have loved. And of course, my mom did these things for us as well. It was so heartwarming and just such a a precious and delightful scene. So I can't wait for you to get to the chapter on the library. I don't want to give too much away, but it's just so homey and comforting. And I'm sure you will be delighted by it as well. But along with Betsy's blossoming into a young writer, there is also Another storyline with a woman named Mrs. Poppy, whose husband owns a hotel and 
the opera house in town, the local theater in town where the traveling acting companies come through. And she's a former actress and she has traveled all over the States. And the mothers in Deep Valley are a little intimidated by her. And Betsy ends up befriending her. And Betsy clues in to how very lonesome Mrs. Poppy is. And Mrs. Poppy has lost her only child. And Maud Hart Lovelace does not go into detail, but the sensitivity and the compassion that Betsy has for her, it leads to just a beautiful part of the book. And I love how Maud Hart Lovelace brings out the insight of children and their wisdom, even though they're so young, and just how Betsy keeps encouraging her mom to befriend this woman because she she sees her loneliness where no one else has seen it. And it gives a wonderful picture of how we are to practice loving our neighbors and also extending hospitality to those who are lonely. So again, that was my my favorite of the first four that I read, but they are absolutely delightful books. And I had my misgivings at first because I thought, oh, well, older people enjoy reading this, but absolutely, I would say continue with the series, get to know these characters. They are ordinary girls, the most ordinary girls. You will probably, if you are a woman, will identify with one of them and how you were as a child. I, I can see myself a little bit as Betsy, but also definitely as Tacey with her shyness. So it is a lovely series, and I hope that you will give it a chance. And I have to say that the recommendations from You've Got Mail have not failed so far. So flawless taste, as they say in the movie, for Kathleen Kelly. So do find a copy of this series and start immersing yourself into the world of Betsy and Tacey because it is absolutely a delight and a treat for all. Next time, I am going to have Anna Rose Johnson on the podcast talking about her wonderful new book, The Star That Always Stays. And she is also a fan of Maud Hart Lovelace. And I think that the series and The Star That Always Stays will go very well together. So that is all for this week. I look forward to sharing the next episode with you. If you would like to connect in the meantime, you can sometimes find me on Instagram at wellreadbeth. I'm not on very often, but I will do my best to answer any DMs and get in touch that way if, you, if you'd like. I am also on the Well Read Life Facebook group. I'm on there very sparsely. So if you want to get in touch, probably Instagram is a little bit of a better way. And if you enjoyed today's episode and the podcast in general, would you mind leaving a rating or review? It's just a small way to share the podcast with others. Happy reading. I hope you have a delightful week. Until next time. 